touch is one of the most important non-verbal actions we have to convey our feelings of love and concern. Even in this politically correct age that we live in, sometimes when words are inadequate to fully express how we feel, we reach out and touch. Over this past year, this has been an action that we've been asked to refrain from, yet it is still something we instinctively want to do. I think this is probably one of the hardest things many have had to deal with, not being able to reach out and touch, especially when someone is in the midst of pain and grief. We might not have the words, but the fact that we can hold a hand or put a comforting arm round someone reminds them that they are not alone, that someone cares. And although the woman in the story we've just heard wanted to reach out and touch Jesus' clothes, believing that she would be healed, the reality was that Jesus reached out to touch her in her pain. And in doing so, he not only showed her that someone cared, he made her whole. The woman's story is set in the middle of a story of another event. Jesus had been asked by a man called Jairus to come and put his hands on his dying daughter so that she might live. And as Jesus accompanies him to his home, their journey is interrupted by a woman in need. Now, these intertwined stories tell us something very important about Jesus. Because through these stories, we see just how wide Christ's love and compassion are. Through them, we can see that all are equal in his sight. You see, Jairus was an important synagogue ruler, a prominent member of society, while the woman would be considered a nobody, so much so that she's not even named. And yet Jesus helped both of them. Jairus had enjoyed 12 years of family life. He was the acceptable face of religion and society. The unnamed woman, on the other hand, had suffered 12 years of isolation, a total absence of human touch. Because her condition meant that according to the law, she was ritually unclean. She wouldn't be allowed to be part of the religious community and she wouldn't be allowed to be part of the social community because any who came into contact with her would be seen to be contaminated by her. Anything she touched would be considered unclean and if anyone touched what she had touched, they would have been seen to be defiled. As a synagogue ruler, Jairus was no doubt wealthy, but his wealth couldn't save his daughter. The woman was now penniless. She'd given the doctors all her money, but they couldn't cure her. But here's what they had in common. Both of them were in need, and both of them came to Jesus to answer their needs. And it wouldn't have been easy for either of them to do so. After all, Jairus was a member of the religious authorities who were in conflict with Jesus. While the woman knew that she shouldn't have been mixing with people because the law stated that even if someone brushed against her, they would become ritually unclean. Jairus and the unnamed woman, opposites in many ways, the religious elite and the religious outcast who meet at the feet of Jesus. 
one coming publicly, one coming secretly. The woman's plan was simple, work her way towards Jesus and furtively touch his cloak, then turn and slip away into the crowd. All seemed to be going to plan, but then Jesus turned and she found herself challenged. Both knew something had happened. We're told the woman felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. Well, Jesus knew that someone had touched him and received healing because he felt drained of power. But here's the thing. He also knew that the healing was incomplete. He knew that the woman's real need was more than physical healing. So he asks what seems to be a ridiculous question in the midst of a jostling, pushing crowd. Who touched my clothes? He didn't do it to make a public spectacle of the woman. He did it to draw her into a relationship with him. He wanted to be more to her than just someone who healed. He wanted to be her saviour, her friend. He wanted her to know that it was her faith that made her whole, not the touching of his cloak. He knew that she needed words of assurance, loving words, words that would bring her back into her community, words that would bring her back into a relationship with her God. By the time he had finished speaking to her, she experienced something more than physical healing. She experienced healing for her soul as well as for her body. Jesus showed his love and his care for her as an individual and spoke healing words which transformed what might have been a secretive, unobserved act into a personal relationship. He called her daughter and in doing so reminded her and those around her that she was a child of God, a person of worth. And he sent her on her way with a benediction of peace, shalom, which speaks of wholeness, of mind, of body, of spirit. But the story isn't finished. James Boyce, a former professor of New Testament and Greek writes, in mid-sentence, while Jesus is still mouthing his benediction on the woman's faith, people arrive to say that the leader's daughter has died. In the same instant, one person's hopes have soared, but another's have been dashed to pieces. And we can imagine that that's exactly how it would be. But Jesus' immediate reaction is to speak words of reassurance to Jairus. Don't be afraid, just believe. Stop being afraid and go on living by faith. See, faith isn't a denial of death. Faith isn't bargaining with God to prevent death. Faith is trusting in the God who created life everlasting. Jesus' ministry seems to be full of interruptions. He's on his way somewhere else when he sees Zacchaeus in a tree and stops to make plans to eat dinner with him. He's in the middle of teaching when a man is lowered through the roof to be healed. The thing to notice is that despite all the interruptions, Jesus always seems to have time. And you and I can rest assured that Jesus would stop in his tracks for each of us. He would be interrupted for you and for me. 
We're not always as bold as Jairus to go straight to Jesus. We're probably more often a bit like the woman. We want to come to Jesus, but we want it to be hidden in the crowd, not wanting to draw attention to ourselves. We want to come up and quietly touch him and slip away without making any kind of public declaration of our faith. But if we do so, we miss so much, and others might too. Because I suggest that it's only by paying attention to what Jesus is doing in each other's lives and learning to share our stories of what God has done for us, that they can be used by him to build up one another's faith in him. Just as Jairus saw what happened in the unnamed woman's life, and so he didn't listen to those who brought the news of his daughter's death, who said, why bother the teacher anymore? Rather, he listened to Jesus who said, stop being afraid and go on living by faith. And that's all we have to do in our need. We need only enough faith to come to him. We may come hesitantly, we may come trembling with fear, but when we come and reach out to him, he's never too busy to listen to our needs. He's never too busy to speak the words that will make us whole. He's never too busy to declare us to be children of God.